0: Tēnā koutou. this is Stephen Day from the Walking Access Commission, and I'm here with Asha Wilson-Goldman, also from the Walking Access Commission, and we're going to talk today about the review of the Walking Access Act. Welcome Asha. Kia ora, Stephen, and kia ora to everyone who's listening. Hey, one of the first things we want to
1: talk about is how people can have their say on this review. So. MPI, the Ministry for Primary Industries, are running the review of the Walking Access Act and right now they're looking for public feedback. So they're looking for people who have an interest in the access to the outdoors, whatever kind of interest that may be, whether you're a walker, a cyclist or a horse rider, whether you're someone who wants to get out for an hour in the weekend or someone who wants to go for multi-day tramps doesn't matter, we want you to have your say and so do MPI. So you can go to mpi.govt.nz or you can Google Ministry for Primary Industries and visit their website. And from there you can read a whole bunch of questions that they've put together and you can fill out a survey and have your say online. It's quick and it's easy and we really encourage everyone to do that.
0: Thanks. Hey, so a key part of the Walking Access Act is is to promote free, certain, enduring and
1: practical access to the outdoors. Can you tell me a little bit about what that means? Absolutely, so access to the outdoors seems pretty simple. If you can walk out your front door in your house, you're in the outdoors. But what we talk about when we talk about access is free, certain, enduring and practical. So I'll go through each of those really quickly and simply I think. Free, it's pretty obvious, it shouldn't cost you anything to go into the outdoors. If we've got land that's publicly available, the public should be able to use that without having to pay. Certain, so that means you should be able to know what you can do and what you can't do. That means making sure that if there's rules attached to things like, for example, this is a track that you can walk on but you can't take your bike, or you can take your dog but it has to be on a leash, it's really important that all of those conditions and criteria are set out and they're really easy to find and understand. Enduring means that it lasts, simple as that. The access that we build today isn't just for the next two or three years, it should be potentially forever, but certainly at least for longer than any of us will be alive. And practical just means that people can use it, I mean it would be easy to put in a whole bunch of public access that goes over cliffs, but unless it's access for sailing and rock climbing that's probably not very practical. Great. So. Free, certain, enduring and practical
0: basically been our co-papa for the last 10 years and now the Ministry of Primary Industries is taking a look at that. One of the questions it's asking people is about
1: providing equal access to the outdoors. So this is, I guess, who can use the access that we're creating? Is it access that's available for everyone? Is it access that is available for the people who need it? Because obviously not everything will be for everyone. I probably couldn't do an alpine crossing for 10 days. But what's key is that everybody is able to access the sort of outdoors experiences that they want and are prepared for and are capable of doing. So that means that we need to make sure that close to the cities and close to urban centres we've got lots of really good, low barrier, quite simple, easy access. Further away into the backcountry we need some... Much more complicated solo experiences and multi day experiences. But it also means access for people with mobility disabilities, people on mobility scooters, people with wheelchairs, stuff that they can do using their mobility tools to still get that outdoors experience that is so important for our mental health, for our well being, and just for fun and enjoyment. Other kinds of access, you know, we need to think about where are we building this access? Is it all in tourist hotspots? Is it all in main centres or is, is it all in the rural sphere? And ensuring that we've got a good mix of that is really critical.
0: So that would emphasise that we really do want to hear from everyone because this is going to affect everyone.
1: Absolutely. What this review is really about is looking forward to the future. What do we want to do over the next 10, 20, 50, 100 years? What's the future of New Zealand's need public access to the outdoors is going to look like and how can the Commission best support reaching those needs.
0: The Act is called the Walking Access Act and we're working for the Walking Access Commission but this
1: is not just about walking is it? No and we've never been just about walking in the ten years that we've existed we've helped cyclists, four-wheel drivers, horse riders, mountain bikers, surfers, anglers, hunters. For us one of the questions that MPI has asked for people who are contributing to this review is is our name actually appropriate and should it change but regardless of whether or not it changes what's important is who we work with and who we work for and f- for us our kaupapa is very much about public access to the outdoors and it doesn't matter to us whether their access is on foot on a mobility scooter on a horse on a bike you all needs need to be catered for.
0: Yep. MPI has said that it is keen to incorporate Māori perspectives into its review of the Walking Access Act. What
1: might be some of the issues that it will have in mind here? So we've had a, a range of different experiences with different iwi and hapū around the country. And I guess their issues are in many ways like everyone's issues uh, around public access to the outdoors, but there are some things as well that are specific to iwi and hapū. And not for me to say necessarily, but I would imagine that some of those things are about access to Wahitapu. So where sacred sites for iwi and hapu are on land that is no longer controlled by that iwi or hapu, how can those iwi members still get access? How can they take their tamariki to learn about the history of their people on land that is owned privately by other people? And that's something the Commission has helped with in the past, and I imagine that we're certainly keen to do more of that into the future. Other conversations we've had with iwi around the country are around economic development and around creating jobs for the iwi members. So there's certainly elements of public access that while the access itself might be free, you can bring a whole bunch of other things around it, such as accommodation, such as guided tours, such as bike hire, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can bring tourism and recreation industry, I guess, and jobs into public access, and so how can we work with Iwi to help support that, to support the Māori economic development of our country. And I guess the other thing is, is about telling stories and telling history. So, Iwi stories aren't ours to tell as the Commission, but we can certainly support Iwi to be able to tell their stories through public access. These are conversations that we're starting to have with Iwi, and I think as more Iwi move into the post-settlement era, more able to have the space and the time to think about how they might be willing to share their stories with Pākehā New Zealanders, with new migrants and with other Māori from other iwi who are living in their rohi.
0: Great, thank you. One more question. One issue that's probably very pertinent to a lot of people at the moment uh, near walkways and tracks and trails is the growing number of tourists that are in the country, both international and domestic. Will MPI be looking at
1: this Absolutely, that'll be something that's considered as part of the review, and I think if there's people out there who are involved in the tourism sector, or who are living in tourist areas, in tourist hotspots, this is something that they should be raising as well in their feedback to NPI. We've seen over the past few years, in particular in the South Island High Country, and in the Central Plateau in the North Island, some real concerns about... Not necessarily the numbers of tourists, but the numbers of tourists as compared to the existence of infrastructure to support them. So it's not necessarily that 5,000 people a year is okay and 10,000 people a year isn't, but it's what kind of infrastructure do we need to support 5,000 people a year and if it grows to 10,000, what kind of infrastructure does that mean we need. So the commission did a project in the south island high country um, about a year and a half ago where we talked to a whole range of people from landholders to councils to tourism operators and others about what the issues were that they saw and infrastructure came out by far as the biggest issue yeah so the question is given the numbers of tourists we're seeing now and given the prediction of growth for the tourism sector how can we make sure that we're best placed to cope with it how can we make sure that we're not risking access, particularly access across private land, and we're not risking conservation values and biodiversity values by bringing in more tourists, but actually we're doing it in a way that works for everyone, for the communities those tourists visit, for the economy, for people's jobs and well-being, and for the environment.
0: Great, thanks so this is not our review Uh, the review of the legislation is being done by the ministry for primary industries and they're looking to hear from a wide range of people as you've outlined Um, i understand
1: they're holding a series of public meetings as well so there's three public meetings coming up organized by the ministry for primary industries in wellington on the 17th of june in auckland on the 18th of june and in christchurch on the 19th of june each of those meetings is being held from 6 to 8 pm in the evening and you can find the details for that on the ministry's website, so that's npi.govt.nz. But if you can't make one of those meetings, the easiest way to have your views heard is to give feedback online. Visit npi.govt.nz. You can either take their survey or you can write up your own feedback and email it through to them.
0: Thanks, Asher. Hey, so it's fair to say we're enjoying being reviewed. This is a great opportunity to hear from a whole bunch of people that are really important to us. and we will be looking forward to hearing from as many of you as possible
1: where you know it's a it's an opportunity that doesn't come around that often but i think it's really critical that we make the most of this opportunity to really ensure that the commission and the law that we that we focus on and work with is best placed to help new zealanders get access to our beautiful outdoors because we're lucky to live in this country thank you thank you